Well, hey, let's be honest this morning. How many of y'all have, you've already said you've had a crazy week? Guess what? Pastors have crazy weeks too. So on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was like, sure, this is exactly how this message is going to go, and we're going to rock it, and then Friday and Saturday happen, and I'm like, I don't know, God. God's like shoveling this stuff around, and so I'm, last night I'm thinking about it, get up this morning, I'm thinking about it, and so 9 o'clock service rolls around, and I think, hey, I've got it, and I don't, so whatever happened at 9 o'clock probably won't happen at 1030, okay? So let's be honest in this moment. We're talking about honesty, Proverbs, okay? And so... Sometimes, one of the things that I struggle with as a pastor is it's easy for me to come in here, open up the Bible, and teach it, and it's packaged. So you feel like, hey, if I do one, two, three, if I do this, then you can walk out with it, and you go, hey, I apply this to my life, and I will act like my life is just together. Because it feels like sometimes we can come to church, and we clean up, we do whatever, and so that we can come here and smile and act like we got it all together. You hear a packaged sermon, you apply it to your life, and you go out, when in reality, 99.99999% of the time, we've had crazy weeks, we've been fighting with our kids, we've thought about our spouses, and we're just kind of, all this different stuff is going on, and we come in here, and this may be like the only hour of our life that seems like we have control for a little bit, right? Okay, just my life. Awesome. That's good. So we're going to talk about honesty for a little bit. So it's going to be wherever, all right? And so this is that week where ADHD in my head just kind of goes, and I have squirrels. Y'all ever have those squirrel moments? And so that's kind of where we've been this week. So squirrel here and there, here we go. So we're going to be looking at Proverbs and then jump into some other places. So have your Bibles with you. If not, it may or may not show up on the screen, okay? Um, So take notes quickly. So honesty is the best policy. How many of us agree with that? Awesome. So yeah, uh uh-huh. And so you believe that until somebody's honest with you, don't we? Benjamin Franklin said that, honesty is the best tea, and so we do that. So we even teach our kids, right? We say, we say, hey, honesty is the best policy until your kids are honest and they walk up to someone and say something to them that is embarrassing. And so we immediately teach them, hey, do what I say, not what I do, right? And so they're, they're saying the truth, and it could potentially hurt that person's feelings, and we say, hey, we don't say that. And so we train our children up. So, I mean, even, even those moments where you've had your fly down. Guys, have you ever had that happen? You had your fly down? And you could go all day and have 5,000 encounters with people and no one tells you. Why? They don't want to embarrass you, right? But they don't think about the fact that you have 5,000 encounters that day. They're going to be embarrassing And just that one moment, if they just say, hey, X, Y, Z, and you're like, hey, yeah, awesome, and you go and fix it, right? Or you say someone says to you, hey, you got a bat in the cave, right? Because every time you talk and you breathe, there's like this little bat that comes out and comes back in. Bat comes back out and comes in. You need someone to be honest with you, but somewhere along the way, we train ourselves to not be honest, and so we just kind of stop doing that. And so what I want us to think about this morning is, is that we need to be honest with ourselves, And truly be realistic about who we are and where we are and what God needs to be doing in us. And then also we need to be thinking about how we can be honest in our relationships with one another. And that's a whole other level for us because in our honesty of our relationships, there's a, a level of trust that needs to be developed. And so that's one of the reasons that I love what is happening in life groups and hearing the stories of, hey, these life groups are being put together. And as I talk to to Mike and Paul, the guys are kind of heading that area up and they, the stories and talk to some of your guys and your groups and stuff. And so 
honestly, most of the groups that are together right now, there's 10 or 12, I don't even know how many there are, all those groups, if you were to put them together, you would put those people in a room, most of those people you would not say, let's put them in that group, right? I mean, if you're in a group, you look around and go, hey, these aren't necessarily normally people that I would consider doing life with, but God has kind of put these groups together and there's something that happens in those deals. And so the honesty that takes place and the transformation that takes place through that. And so that's a part for us of God's word is allowing ourselves to get into relationships, allowing ourselves to get into community together. And as we develop trust, we develop some vulnerability and allow people to speak truth to us because there are moments that people need to say, hey, whoa, stop. I can see some things. Let's talk about this. Um, Those are necessary things. And so, um, again, one of the reasons we try, we may not be honest with other people is because we're afraid somebody might be honest with us. Am I right? Okay, no, just me again. Okay, good. Awesome. Well, this message is for me. You guys just sit back and listen to what I'm going to talk about. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 11. If you don't, maybe it'll be up on the screen. I think Proverbs 11 will be up there. All right, we're going to look at verses 1, 3, and 5. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 1, 3, and 5. Verse 1 says this. The Lord abhors dishonest scales, but accurate weights are his delight. Or another version says it this way. The Lord hates cheating and delights... And honesty. So this idea of delight is, is a parenting word. So you've had this moment where your child brought you artwork. And, and in all honesty, if you were to look at that artwork, it would not be Michelangelo-style artwork, but artwork of your child. And most of us aren't gifted artists or whatever, and so your child brings out artwork, and as a parent, we're delighted in the fact that they bring us this artwork. We're delighted in the fact the amount of work and effort and the passion with which they bring that artwork to us. But if we're honest, we go, hmm, it's just another piece of thing. We're going to put it up on the deal on the refrigerator, and at some point we'll, we'll move it on to the next delightful piece of artwork. Save it. And so, but we're not honest and say to our children, hmm, yeah, that's not going to go on the refrigerator. No. But it's this idea of delights, that God delights in us being honest, that he, he loves us following through with that. Why? Because look at the next verse in verse 3. It says, a good man, a good woman is guided by his honesty. So in other words, that as you come to a point, you have a decision to make that you're guided and so that you're looking for opportunities. You have two roads to take and you can choose this road or this other road and someone guides you, someone directs you on this path. And so if you choose the path of honesty, you look at it many times, the path of honesty is not the most convenient path. And so you have to have people that have guided you, that can share with you, that can show you, listen, I've, I've stood at this place where the fork is in the road, and you can choose honesty or you can choose dishonesty, and I chose one or the other, and here's the results of chewing, choosing honesty or dishonesty. And so it's this idea of someone mentoring you and walking through life with you and saying, listen, here's honesty, here's dishonesty. If you choose honesty, it may not be the most convenient, it may be painful, it may cost you, it may hurt you, it may, it may not be... The, the quickest route to what you want, but honesty will always pay for itself, or you can choose dishonesty. And you may immediately get what you want or you think you want, but in the end it's going to cost you more. And so that guide is someone that can direct you and guide you. And so obviously as parents and 
as mentors and teachers, one of the things that we're teaching our children is to choose honesty. So it reminds me of a moment when I was about four years old, and I went to the convenience store with my cousins. And I went to a convenience store with my cousins, and I didn't have money, but my cousins did, and we were there for a specific purpose, and, and they let me kind of walk around the convenience store, a little shop thing, I don't know, it was 7-Eleven or whatever. And I was in there, and um, so I went in, and there was this little section of stuff of, like, cool toys, you know, little paddle things with the ball on it, and you hit back and forth, and jacks and all that. So a four-year-old, you're like, this is like Disney World, right? And so you're, you're taking that in, and you're thinking about it. And so um, I knew that we were at the convenience store to get some stuff, and so I saw those things, and I thought, hey, cool, this is what I want. And so in there was a package of money, you know, those play dollar bills. And so I decided, hey, that's what I needed. It was going to be a cool toy. And I took it, and we walked out of the store together. My cousins bought whatever they needed, the milk or the Coke or whatever. And we walked out, and we went to the house. And later on that day, I was playing with the money. And my mom was like, hey, where'd you get that money? I was like, at the convenience store. And she's like, oh, did your cousins buy that? And I was like, I don't know. And so they asked my cousins, hey, did you buy that for Chris? And they're like, no, we didn't even know he had it. So I was a thief at the age of four. And uh, so in that moment, my mom said to me, well, we have to be honest. So you can imagine what that meant. That meant that I had to go to the store with my dollars of my allowance to pay for my fake money, all right, with my real money, and to apologize that I had stolen this item. Now, that's extremely painful, isn't it? You can imagine. And so you can imagine here's my mother as a guide saying, listen, you know what? She could have easily said, you know what? Let's forget about it. No harm. It's 99 cents or whatever it is. But she said, no, we're going to go do the hard thing, the right thing, the honest thing, and you're going to stand before this person and say, I'm a thief, and I stole from you. Here's money to pay for that. Listen, at four, it still sticks in my brain, all right? And so you're th- looking at me going, he's a thief. There's those moments for us where we're standing at a path, convenience, inconvenience, honesty or dishonesty, and you hear the voices of those that have gone before you saying, choose honesty. I know it may not be convenient. I may know it may not be the easiest ways, but choose honesty. Honesty, it will always in the end win out. Look at verse 5 of Proverbs 11. Good people are directed by their honesty. Literally, you're you're pushed in that direction. Good people are, are godly, righteous people. They're directed by their honesty. And then the flip side of that is the wicked shall fall beneath the load of their sins. In other words, that if we get to this place and the scales of honesty and dishonesty, as we continue to to pursue dishonesty, as we continue to pursue our own self-gratification, we continue to pursue whatever it is that we're after and whatever how we do it dishonestly to get there, this weight just continues to, to weigh us down and consume us to the point that literally we crumble beneath the weight of the fact of realizing that, listen, the thing that I thought that was going to be life-giving, the thing that I thought was going to bring me what I wanted, you kind of fall under the weight of it. And it reminds me of watching some of these kids walk out of school these days. And so they have, you know, we used to have lockers and we could have the books and all the different stuff. And so now they don't have that. And so they literally have like six, seven, eight books in their backpack and they're walking like this. You ever seen those kids like that? And so now there's like doctors are saying, hey, listen, we're literally overloading our kids 
with homework, that the books are overloading them. They're having back problems because of this. And so we're doing research on ergonomic backpacks and how to pull a backpack and all that because of the weight of sin of homework. And students say, amen, yeah. But the weight of that, and listen, you all know that you've been in that place. We've all been in that place of adults where we know we've tried to choose the easy route. It begins to weigh us down. And it's just kind of that little bit of a nudge in the soul, and you're like, man. And it just kind of continues to eat away and to eat away and to eat away. And it literally, the Scripture says, it's like the marrow from your bones are being sucked out of you. And that you just literally, your bones dry up and you crush and you fall under the weight of the sin and the responsibility of knowing, I had an opportunity to choose right. I had an opportunity to choose honesty and to choose dishonesty. In that moment, it was more convenient for me to choose dishonesty and what was quick and what was easy than to do what was right. But in the end, it weighs us down. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Paul continues this idea, and he thinks, talking about it, and he's talking about it in the context of community, in the context of church. And, and, and growing up and maturing and and all that. There's a great book out right now that I would challenge you to read. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And, and it's this idea of, of, of us, all of us, growing up and maturing and that um, what it looks like for us to be mature people but also mature followers of Christ. And um, Anyway, so here we are, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. We will, in community, lovingly follow the truth at all times. And he gives us three things to think about. Speaking truly or speaking honestly, dealing truly, dealing honestly, and living truly and honestly so that we become more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of the church. In other words, that, that as we grow in maturity in our walk with Christ, that doesn't take out of the context, that takes, happens within the context of the church and within biblical community, that we're honest with one another, we're able to speak to one another, that we, we have people telling us the truth and, and, and showing us who we truly are. And so in community, as we walk together, that there comes a place where we have to, as mature people, begin to speak truly, to truly be honest with ourselves. And that when we come up with God's Word and we're looking at it, that it mirrors back to us and we have to be honest with ourselves and say, listen, there are parts of my life, there are parts of Chris that do not line up with this. And because of that, I need to sit down and to take account and to measure the scales out and say, God, where are you needing to challenge me? Where do you need me to continue to grow? And that's speaking honest because it's real easy to come to church on Sunday and to do church and to never be transformed by the truth of God's Word. It's happening. It happens. It has happened throughout history. It continues to happen. It's easy for us to come here and to hear and to listen and to sing songs and to never allow those words to marinate our soul to transform us and to change us. And so we need to get to this place of allowing God's Word to speak to us and begin to transform us and when it then allow it to, to talk to us truly and honestly. Even this idea of God says, hey, listen, that I have bore, I, I don't like cheating, I don't like dishonest scales. And so all throughout Scripture, he kind of goes to this idea because there were two sets of scales that merchants would use. Whenever they were, they were buying from you, they would use different scales and so that they could receive more product from you for less money. And then when you would come buy from them, they would change the scales and the weights so that you would buy from them and you would get less from them. And so on either end, 
they're earning more and they're being dishonest. And it seems like just a little bit at a time, but a little bit at a time over a long period of time is a whole lot of cheating. It's a whole lot of dishonesty. And so what God is saying, he's saying, listen, it's real easy in those moments to just kind of take a little bit, to just kind of do a white lie, to kind of tell a little bit of a non-truth about ourselves. And so the next thing you know that you're one degree off path and one degree off path for a long period of time is a long way from your intended destination. And so God is saying to us, listen, use honest scales. When you look at yourself and you weigh right and good and evil, look at the scales. And the only way that we can have right scales is when we compare it to God's Word and say, God, okay, weigh out who I am. Now listen, as a follower of Christ, I'm, the scale is made even because of who Christ is and because of my relationship with Him. And so everything is, is level at the cross. But also now as a follower of Jesus and pursuing to look like Jesus, there has to be transformation that happens from the inside out. And so I have to be honest with myself. And so as a part of that, that's not just an individual thing. That's doing life and community thing because we need people to love on us enough to say, listen, you've got your fly down, you've got a bat in the cave, you've got X in your life, let's stop it. Because you're not only, you won't only be embarrassed, but you're embarrassing the kingdom. You're keeping people from hearing you. Because listen, there's been moments, the, the greatest fear of every speaker and preacher is to stand before you and to have their fly down. It is. What an embarrassing thing, because listen, we think, hey, you're not going to be paying attention to a word I'm saying. One of the other things that speakers are afraid of is, listen, if I were to come right here to the edge and to hang my toes over, all of the women in the room all of a sudden get fearful of the fact that I'm going to fall off the stage. And so the honesty of, hey, listen, some of you, like, I, I can see your eyes of, like, he's about to go. And so you have to step back. And so this, this honesty that we need with one another to say, listen, you're in a rough time in life and you need other people. You need the truth. Your marriage is struggling. You're struggling your finances. And the only way that can happen is you build up trust in relationship and to let people in and to help transform you. And the iron sharpens iron and moves you in the direction of where God wants you to be. Speaking truly, dealing truly, and living truly. That your walk and your talk match. That your walk and your talk match. Listen, the number one thing, the reason that people say that they don't attend church is because the church is full of hypocrites. And we would say, yep, we're one of them. But we're in process. And I think, again, the ability to be authentic and real and to say, listen, I've not arrived I haven't, I'm in a journey and I'm in a place and I've got stuff that I'm dealing with because one of the things that we say around here is no perfect people are allowed. So if you're perfect, awesome. You've got it together, go. This is a hospital for people that are trying to figure it out and trying to bandage their wounds, have been rescued, and we're trying to move forward and we're being transformed. And sometimes it's messy. And the moment so that's probably the messiest is when we're the most honest with one another. And I think that's why it's, we love going on camps, we love going on mission trips, we love going on retreats. It's because we kind of get away from the world for a little bit, we just kind of stop and we focus and we can be honest. And in that honesty, transformation happens. And it is messy and it's stinky and there's a lot of crying, there's a lot of whatever that's happening. But it breaks us down so that we can move forward to where we need to go. So one of the things that I love about Second Baptist is there's so many 
is if you are dealing with and struggling with and fighting with and, and thinking about and talking about, hey, listen, I need to be honest with where I'm at. I'm not satisfied. I've been a Christian for a long time or I've been in church in a long time and I'm not satisfied with the stuff of my life and the things that have held me back. I want freedom in these areas. And to find freedom in these areas, you have to be honest with yourself and to make yourself honest in a, in a community-type relationship that there's trust so you can say, I need to move to this place. And to know that if I'm going to be honest with myself, it may not be the most convenient. It may not be the easiest. It may not be whatever that is that's been holding you back. But I know that I need to get here. And the only way to do that is to be honest about it and allow God to transform and to work in my heart and my soul to get to that place. And somewhere in American culture, we've gotten this idea that it's just me doing it on my own, and it's not. It's us in community doing it. And so I love the groups. I love the Sunday morning groups. I love the midweek groups. I love all those different things. If there are groups meeting, I heard about another group even this week of, of ladies that are getting together and they're, they're, they're talking and they're doing and doing life. And so I love that that is breaking out and that is happening and people are saying, listen, I need other people in my life because I can't do this on my own. I need honesty. I need authentic relationships even if it means that some of my mess spills out and that we're not pretending that we've got it all together and that you're going to remove that mass that you've worked hard to build up and setting it aside and saying, listen, this is who I am because I want to speak truly. I want to deal truly. I want to live truly. Honesty is at the core of being a follower of Jesus. And if we get to deal with that honesty, we have to say, hey, listen, I need Jesus. That's why I'm here. I need Jesus. Not just one time, but every single day of my life to grow and to be and to look, as it says, so I can be more and more like Christ every single day. If Paul needed Jesus every day, surely we do in LaGrange, Texas. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we, in all honesty, many days live our lives as if you are not a part. We don't truly lean into you. We don't truly have you as Lord of our life. Father, there are so many days that we get up and we say, hey, today I'm going to lay my life on the altar and today is going to be about you. And then before we know it, before lunchtime, we've totally forgotten that we've even made that step. And Lord, that we are so distracted by so many other things, by the tyranny of the urgent, by all the stuff that's flying at us that we're trying to fight off. And we're distracted from life. And so, Father, we just we want to be honest with that, and we also want to just say, Father, that that doesn't mean that we don't want to know you and to make you known. It doesn't mean that we don't want to be more like you today than we were yesterday. Father, we, we live in a messy, confused, stinky, crazy world. And the Father, that we want to just be light, we just want to be salt. Lord, help us be that. May we find community 
to good deeds. It's in your son's name that we pray.